This is the War Room Roundtable podcast, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and relevant businessmen and women on the planet, hear their stories, and get the most important business lessons they've learned on the road to success, and get exclusive advice on how to implement their successes into your life and business. The War Room Roundtable is brought to you by your hosts, Jason Miller, CEO of Strategic Advisor Board, and Philip Lanos, CEO of Own the Rhythm, and former podcast host for Entrepreneur and Inc. Magazine. Welcome to the War Room. It is an absolute pleasure to have you here. I can already tell uh, you're a cool dude just by just the, the short minute we chatted before we hit record. Yeah, thanks. Uh, so, Chad, thanks for being here. And I see you're in recruiting. So let's get into that by first asking, do you yourself come from a family of entrepreneurs? Uh, more or less, yeah. It's a very, very small business. Um, but, yeah, I think uh, I more so come from a family of uh uh, people that have worked at companies for a very long time. You know, a lot of my family has worked at companies 30, 40 years. Um, and I have a, a few family members that are entrepreneurs in, in really small companies, but I wouldn't say massive scalable startups. Right. Uh, no. Well, the reason I yeah. ask is like, what made you want to be the difference? Right. Yeah. I think uh, seeing so many of my family members work for large institutions for such a long time. So I always wondered what the other side of things were. Um, I always had a picture in the entrepreneurial mindset and uh, wanted to make an impact. You know, I think that was the main thing. I, I felt like uh, being a spoke in the wheel wasn't enough. And, uh, you know, I had, I had a lot of opportunities to work to become CEO of uh, companies that, that I was with previously, um, but I wanted things faster. And uh, I felt I could do it better. So sometimes when the opportunity arises and it's right in front of you, you have to take it. Oh yeah, no, hundred percent. So then you, so you have, you do have some experience working at other companies, like you said. You, you were positioned yeah. to potentially step into the CEO role if you chose to uh, to take on that responsibility, and yet you saw all the factors and said, yeah, I could probably start from scratch and build it even better. And I'd rather be a CEO of that than whatever this is. So you make the leap. Now, were you always in like sort of like human resources and things of that nature in terms of your career? And it was an easy jump over or were you like working in like renewable energies and then decided to start a recruiting company? Uh, no, I was always in the human capital consulting. I started in a more large project delivery where we would, uh, sp specifically IT, where we would deliver big manpower projects. Um, but uh, then I moved to energy and we would deliver manpower projects related to energy. Prim I primarily covered nuclear back then, uh, where we would do a lot of nuclear construction uh, and uh, really niche categories. And then from there, uh, got poached and headhunted by a traditional recruitment company. Um, so I've essentially been in recruitment for about 10 years. Um, a lot of recruitment companies will have these manpower consultancies kind of in-house. And that's the division I was on. Uh, but then when I got uh, headhunted by a traditional recruitment company, I moved out to Los Angeles and uh, kind of worked my way from, up from there. It's ended up running their uh, head office and um, learned a lot more about recruitment process as a whole and uh, the nitty gritty of headhunting, you know, truly uh, not necessarily manpower consultancies, but uh, finding niche people uh, for the perfect job at, at these clients all across the world. 
Um, so that was a great learning experience. And that was kind of how I had the opportunity to start my business is I saw the market could be better served possibly. And so it was just a no brainer for you because you had the partnerships <laughs> and the relationships already. <laughs> no, I wouldn't say it was a no brainer. It was, it was yeah, very, very difficult. And I was, I was giving up something really great and it was, a. Uh, hard to walk away from so many people that depended on me and, and also a company that I love so much. And, uh, but, um, you only gets rare opportunities in life. And I felt like all the stars aligned and I'm very, very value my experience to date. And I think it's made ignite my current company now whole, uh, where we, if I would have done it earlier, there would have been a lot of gaps. Um, but, uh, yeah, I saw that opportunity and I had to take it and, uh, you know, I had a pretty kind of set career, uh, where I, I think my last company was sold for a billion dollars. I would have hoped that I would have had, uh, you know, 1% or 2% of equity in that, uh, venture at the lowest. Um, and it was hard to walk away from that. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I thought the market, uh, needed a better solution and, and not just for the clients and, and not just for the recruiters, but for everybody involved, the candidates. And, um, it was similar to, I think I, I hate comparing it to Uber, but it was similar to how Uber started the market and uh, didn't necessarily target taxi drivers, right? They could have easily came in the market and said, let's poach these taxi drivers, get more opportunities with customers. Um, but I saw it as uh, the market could be better served by letting new people in and uh, not necessarily targeting recruiters. And, and that was essentially how the company came about. Uh, you have a vision for disruption. It's not necessarily a targeting of a segment of a market, but just a disruption of how things can be done differently, which is yeah. quintessentially entrepreneurial, uh, which is really cool. Not, not many people are visionaries in that sense where they're able to get a lay of the land and say, this is where things could go. This is where things should go, right? That, that kind of drive, that kind of vision is not a gift that everybody has. Now, uh, as I'm learning, you know, <laughs> I'm not necessarily the visionary yeah. type. Uh, there's different strengths I bring to the table, but I think that is a fascinating way to, like you have the self-awareness to know that you wanted something to be done a certain way and you were the only one that could build it. I don't know what's more entrepreneurial than that. Uh, I'll let Jason take over here. I'm sure he's got his <laughs> thoughts on that. Yeah, you know, it all falls back to, we, most entrepreneurs, right? They, they're working somewhere and they love what they do and they find a, just that little bit of gap that they can take it somewhere else. Right. And a small percentage of people take the leap, right? Yeah. It's not a very big percentage by any means, but a small percentage of people, you know, even though they might love where they work, they love all that stuff, but they go, gosh, you know, if we could just do it like this, and then you run into the, well, that's the way we've always done it. Or, you know, no. then you hit that first head on collision, right? So that's a pivotal point where a lot of people like yourself, Chad, go, I can do this better. And then you go out and you do a better job of doing it. And it has nothing to do that you didn't love where you were. You just saw a vision and a path forward, and that that's a bug that's inside you. I don't care how long you're an employee, right? It's a bug I, that's inside you. And once you catch it, man, it's on fire. You can't ignore it. Not enough. <laughs> yeah, it'll, it'll obsess over it and always think, what yeah. if? And that's, that's what each yeah. way. And I can't say it's been the easy road. I mean, uh, I think we were on our maybe 10th, 11th iteration of what I originally yeah. envisioned, right? Um, <laughs> so it, it was uh, many, many uh, 
kind of uh, pivots and constantly trying to uh, develop a new model when you're developing something that no one really has. I think uh, uh, everybody tells you this is not going to work, right? And uh, every person involved, and you have to stay steadfast and realize that um, what you're doing is bigger. And I, I would say when I first came in, I didn't necessarily know that this was so groundbreaking. I thought it was just, let's see how this goes and let's try it out and, and hope it sticks. But now I really look at it as a um, bigger than recruitment. I look at it as a, uh, uh, I think it's the way that the market is moving in the future. I think uh, gig economy will, will roll off. Um, and I think the, a lot of gig economies aren't serving the customer or what I call the customer, which is the user. In our case, it's the recruiter. A lot of gig economies are serving themselves, right? If you look at so many people that want to back Uber and want to, you just stick on the same example, all the people that Uber created their company as a part-time supplemental income, so many people use it as full-time and they want to believe in Uber and they love Uber, but you can't champion it because the profit margins are hard to sustain. It's hard, it's hard to make a full-time great living. Um, so I think there's a better gig economy out there. And I think uh, these industries with really low barriers to entry um, can be uh, better served for all parties involved through uh, kind of a law of averages and, uh, and uh, you know, mass number of people joining in and the best rising to the top. There's something really important that took place in the telling of your story of how you didn't realize it was that groundbreaking. What was obvious to you as something like, oh, we should see what's going on with this. It's pretty obvious we haven't even looked at that, right? And how often do entrepreneurs or would-be entrepreneurs take for granted what their eyes can see, what their ears can hear, right? Yeah. That, oh, somebody's probably thought of that. And you no. find out nobody has even glimpsed in that direction. And I, I, I think I think there's a credit there to the idea of like when you all, we often ask entrepreneurs, like if you knew uh, that you were going to go through everything you went through, would you still have pursued the the path? And more, most of them say like, no way. Like it was so hard. It was difficult. Many a time I didn't know if I was going to have the money. Am I going to meet payroll? You, you name it, right? If someone knew that that was going to be the trouble, but it's almost like being able to see what's like extraordinarily visionary to us for like, take it for granted and see it as something commonplace is almost helping us pursue this path. Cause if we knew it was that exciting, the pressure, the anxiety that would have been added on top of everything else. I think that's such an important quality to highlight in your story as we're telling it, because now we're moving into you're here. You've iterated multiple times. I imagine escaped multiple threats and oppositions and obstacles along the way. What are you excited about and focusing on now? Uh, mainly, mainly the change in the market, right? We're seeing this massive shift. If you look at, uh, this might be a little outdated, but May was the last time I looked at it, but we had over 4 million people quit their jobs, right? Um, so I think PwC did a survey over 70, uh, some, some odd percent quit their jobs because they were uh, not making enough money. You're right. You're having executives and, and managers leave at record levels right now across the U.S. And I think people are looking for work-life balance. Uh, people are looking are, are, are more open to being entrepreneurs. Um, people are looking for, we were doing remote work before remote work was cool. Um, and, you know, that, that was a challenge when everybody jumped to remote work. That was our big competitive, uh, I think, uh, our big um, special sauce that we had early on, right? And we lost that uh, competitive angle really quickly. When COVID hit, we launched in January of 2020, probably the 
worst time uh, ever to launch a recruitment company or, or a hiring company. Um, and uh, you know, we made it through that storm. And I think you, you see a lot of great companies that come out of resilience and come out of these really tough times um, where we felt like uh, making it through that, we can make it through anything. And um, I think it's an unprecedented economy. It's every, every company's battle hard now post COVID the companies that stole market share and, and, and took over a lot of business and, uh, and employees are uh, thinking very differently about how to move forward. Um, so we're trying to be ahead of that game. And I think just like we were ahead of the virtual uh, workforce uh, we're ahead of the gig economy right now as well. Um, and it, you know, I think there'll be a time where this stretches more than just recruitment. Recruitment is our niche right now, what we're doing well, but uh, I think we'll move into other territories and other companies eventually, quite much later down the road. Uh, Interesting. Yeah. So you, well, you have here, plans here's and acquisitions. A, Go ahead. <laughs> no, here, here's an interesting stat. I just read it this morning on Apple News. One out of five employees is bailing from, they're quitting their job. It's one out of yeah. five. That's the new stat as of this wow. morning. That's staggering, really. Yeah, it's good for it's good for us. You know, it really is. It's bad for those companies, but it's good for us. Yeah, I think these com- these people, as they want to look at diversified income streams, as they want to look at uh, reliable gig economy jobs, as they want to become entrepreneurs, but they want to have the safe safety or safe house of a, of a company and a brand to back that. Um, like I said, our recruiters are our customers. You know, when I look at uh, um, our customers, it's it's the companies that sign up to to work with us, and it's the recruiters that fulfill that work. Um, and I think a lot of uh, gig economy companies don't look at their people that way. Um, and that's why people are so empowered by what we do, right? People are buying our merchandise on their own and, and wearing it, and they feel like it's their company. Um, and it's, a, it's a, a much different mentality when you have this kind of customer service first and customers always right attitude, and those customers are your platform users. Um, yeah, and I think that's, that's what makes us very different. So we've sort of been alluding to what it is, but it's not being said explicitly. So you are a SaaS company in terms of people can go online, create an account, kind of like like an Upwork, except with actual relationships to companies uh, that, that that are in existence? Yeah, I wouldn't necessarily define it as a SaaS company just because of our pricing structure, and that, that might change in the future. But uh, we are a crowdsourced platform. We're essentially a technology company within recruitment. So uh, we compete against traditional recruitment companies, uh, headhunting companies, agencies, uh, but we uh, of all types and sizes, but we uh, are market agnostic and, and um, we are a platform where uh, companies sign up to post jobs and then recruiters, I use the term recruiters loosely, uh, sign up to work those jobs, i.e. refer candidates. Um, and we have some really cool, I think we're the only company in the world that I'm aware of that hires non-recruiters to recruit. Uh, we see. actually almost push away from recruiters. I would say uh, very rarely do we even let traditional recruiters in. Uh, we mostly focus on industry SMEs, professionals uh, that had deep knowledge and networks of certain uh, locale specialisms, uh, markets. And uh, we get about three to 5,000 applications a month. Um, so it really, with some of our AI technology, really it helps enable us to Let's say if we post a chemical engineering job in Orlando, Florida, we can look through our applications and see uh, someone with experience, maybe recently out of college or recently retired or looking for part-time income, currently working, um, has deep ties to chemical engineers in Orlando, Florida. And we can look at that from their resume and their sign-up sheet. And uh, 
when we can tell those people, hey, we're going to, you know, privy access for you to come onto our system. Uh, and then those people can come on and, and refer candidates for those jobs right away. Um, you know, we recently had a really cool success story. And I think it's kind of the bread and butter of what we do. This was just uh, a couple of days ago, but we had a, um, uh, someone signed up to our network and his son was an engineer. Um, and his son was uh, moving to North Dakota, couldn't find a job anywhere. He lived in Florida. Uh, and uh, this is Orlando as well. And uh, couldn't find a job and was going to move to North Dakota, recently graduated. And his father, uh, recently retired, signed up to our network, saw a job posted in Orlando, Florida for his son's skill set chemical engineering job and uh, actually referred his son for that job. His son was hired. Uh, he made the fee on that and uh, his son didn't have to move, got to stay local. And I think um, when you look at how symbiotic that relationship is and how so many parties win with the lowest cost in industry or clients saving money or clients getting a candidate that would have never applied online, probably wouldn't have trusted that company or known about that company without his father's referral. The, the father gets to keep his son local and get his dream job. The father gets a fee. Um, right. It's just it's this incredible relationship of success through all parties involved. And I really feel that the only people that lose in that relationship is our competitors. <laughs> I'm not mad at that at all, man. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's awesome. You've essentially created a marketplace uh, that didn't exist before. I can see now why you were like, yeah, let's just see what happens here. And as I listen more and more to it, I'm like, yeah, I can't believe nobody has thought of that yet. Yeah, and the way yeah. that you thought about it. I mean, talk about leaving money on the table. Boy, did they leave it there. And uh, and I can appreciate your um, hesitance to bring like a lot of the people who have created the incumbents, if you will, who've created the rigid structures that existed and, and how that was working out to like being able to democratize it, like which makes sense now when I hear you make a hark to uh, harken back to like Uber and that whole thing. There's a lot of spirit of just tech companies, innovation. And I'm starting to see now the flavor of business that you're working with. And I'm actually really excited about the fact that you sort of hinted at potential acquisitions as things move forward. Uh, it's going to be, it's going to be exciting. And it's, yeah. all of this really for me is exciting, especially because I know that Jason can appreciate what you're doing uh, from some of the work that he does. So it, it's really an exciting time to be able to hear about this and what you're doing. And I can think of a number of things I'll talk to you after the call that like, that would easily work as like marketing uh, marketing campaigns and things of that nature. It's just, it's really fun yeah. uh, as, as, I, as I hear this out. We haven't uh, spent a dollar on advertising yet. You know, we're purely, uh, I think we've got 30,000 followers on LinkedIn. We're purely word of mouth. Um, and uh, that'll be our next big push is a big advertising push. Um, but it's been cool to be so organic and, uh, for people, people are just so excited to tell a story and to get their friends involved, get other companies involved. And, um, you know, the more it's almost incestuous in the way that the more recruiters we sign up, the more companies we sign up. You know, I worked for a, a staffing company for a long time and no companies sign up to the website. You have to go get them, right? And we have companies sign up every day and uh, that we have a waiting list because we don't even have the manpower. But, um, <laughs> and that's what's so exciting, I think, is, uh, is knowing that uh, we're really sitting on a powder keg. Yeah. Um, with, with that said, uh, this is all bootstrapped, right? Like you, you didn't raise funding yeah. for all this, right? No, I sell, I sell funded the whole way. Wow. Lots yeah. of respect there, man. And are yes. you ever going to look at that? 
Like, yeah, uh, like, I mean, I would say if I could do it all over again, I probably would have got a big round of funding to, but you know, <laughs> uh, it's, it's good. I didn't get that early on because I didn't know exactly what the model was and I could have wasted cash. Right. But, um, I know exactly what the model is now and I have a really good direction. So, uh, that'll be, or probably a big push next year, early next year will be, um, we've had a ton of investor interest and, uh, I've done, you know, some meetings early on, but I think, uh, uh, we want to work with the right partner and be pretty strategic about not just the, the cash side of things, but the access to um, strategic advice and, and assistance as we move from, uh, you know, um, let's say 20 million valuation to 50 million, a hundred. Yeah. Right on. Don't give up shares. Don't give up. Shares. <laughs> Don't give up shares. And you know, we've, we have given up shares, you know, on that note, um, do we, we have given up to shares to some key stakeholders involved now, but everything's really been right. cool because it's been a, uh, earned equity. We haven't made anyone pay for equity and we've given up. Uh, right. And it's, it's good to, for our really key stakeholders to have uh, mutually aligned interests. And yeah. uh, I'm really proud to say that we have some, we have a lot of lifers. Staffing industry is known for uh, bad tenure, high turnover. And sure. uh, I still have recruiters that were with us from day one, still here today uh, in a contract job where there's 1099 contractors, right? They could go at any time. And they're completely committed. I've got uh, stay-at-home moms that couldn't get jobs because of their hours were tough, and now they make 200k plus a year and more than their husband makes, right? And it's just uh, to have these kind of success stories. It's it's more important to me than even uh, the growth of the company, right? It's the growth of these people all involved, and uh, seeing it every day is is really fun. It's all Man. about the people. All about the people. I, fuel, fuel said, by people is our slogan. I, I have said this more times over the last 10 years. If you put the people first, yeah. the business will not if you build it, we will come. That's not what I'm saying. But if you put the pe- <laughs> if you put the people first, the business just revolves around it. Yeah. Right? And it really does. There's so many people that are just they're just out for the money, 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 money. And they want this self-gratifying, self-licking ice cream cone all the time, right? And you can still have the self-licking ice cream cone. But if you always put yourself in the place of service first, you can't beat that. And I've lived that model for years and years and years. Service first. One of my logos says, serving since 1999. That's what it says. So it's, uh, and people resonate with that because you're putting people first, right? And it's a big key point, part of, you know, growing a business just naturally like you're doing. Because almost every one of my other companies, they're all organic, all of them. All of them are organic, just like you're talking about. I just happen to own a staffing agency too. So, <laughs> so, so the, uh, um, you know, but it's all organic where you are in the market though. You've cornered something different in a time where the need is so high right now hmm. that the sky's the limits for you. No, no doubt about that. You, no, I, you I can feel that way. Take that wherever yeah. you want. <laughs> I haven't uh, taken a salary in, you know, over a year and it's because, to me, every dollar goes back into the business and, and I'm fully focused on the equity uh, and, the, and the long-term goals of the company uh, and everybody involved. And I think uh, 
you know, getting down to brass tacks like that and, and showing people that uh, there's nothing I care about more than the eventual harvest of this business and where it's going to go in, in the long term. Um, I think it, it's easy to get people on board with uh, the goals. Mm-hmm. Here's what I love so much about this story is if we go back, like people, if they were paying attention, should have heard that you don't come from a family of entrepreneurs. And yet the way you drive yourself, you're like quintessentially everything entrepreneurial, right? In every, in, in every sense. I know because you, you, yeah. you don't, you don't put on any airs, even just talking to you here very composed, very centered. You know, I only observe all these things to ensure that I can ask the question at the right time, at the right place when I'm interviewing people, right? But these are all details that are, that I just absorb through emotional intelligence as I'm listening to you talk and and see. But it's funny because a lot of people see this Hollywood, and, and Jason and I have this conversation often on on the show of like what it yeah. means to be an entrepreneur and uh, this Hollywood view that that's that's this narrative that's put out there. But you're just a person who's willing to work hard, saw an opportunity to not only make people's lives better, but also something you were deeply passionate about. And you don't have a problem making compromises because you see a long-term vision. There's like so many qualities and lessons that someone can take away from this. You don't have to be this grind hustle mode, like this hustle culture. Yes, you can You can say to yourself, I got to stay focused. I got to, you, you have all that, right? But seeing the way that you carry yourself and the work that you're doing and, and, and the way you see the way your company is developing, all of that is just a great, great example of leadership. And, you know, and for me, that's what's most exciting about this episode is to see it laid out the way that you presented it, the way you carry yourself about doing that, right? Because there are different flavors of business and everybody has their own st- style and stake in the game. But it's really exciting to know that the people who are behind placing people in companies are being chosen through that kind of field of energy, right? Yeah. Like where you're, because if it wasn't a fit, they wouldn't even make it to where you're at and what your company is yeah. doing. So like attracts like, and you're placing these people and changing lives and making the world better. And as entrepreneurs, it's like the ultimate calling, being more useful to more people, right? So I'm yeah. excited about what you're doing. Where can people learn more about what you're doing and how would you prefer for them to connect with you? Uh, the, the best way is our website, ignitereck.com, ignitereck.com, um, you know, or LinkedIn. A lot of people go there for, for the jobs that we have and to see more about our company, but primarily our website, um, clients, candidates, recruiters can sign up from there. Um, and we're developing that uh, all the time. I think this is our fifth kind of uh, uh, website that we've, we've had since inception. Um, and we've got another big overhaul come in and we've got our iPhone app that's about to come out. Um, so we'll be one of the first recruiting companies that I think uh, you can recruit. We really pride ourselves on recruit only go, right? You can work from anywhere. I've got people now uh, uh, that live in uh, all over. I've got uh, one of our best recruiters is out in uh, Korea right now and has been living there for the last six months and uh, loves the work-life flexibility to uh, make his own way. And oh, to man. get out what you put in. Yeah, it's really cool. And we try and say, all you need is a laptop and a cell phone and uh, <laughs> you, you can you know, do well. Oh, um, dude, that's so cool. No, like lifestyle nomads essentially can be a yeah, part of this. Yeah, oh. it really is. Yeah, no, yeah it really oh, is. God. And there's not, there's not a plan B for me. You know, it's not, uh, there is no plan B. Um, and I can't, uh, you know, it's hard to hear almost those things. It's so complimentary. I appreciate that. It's, 
for me, I, I look at it as a, it's a daily grind, right? And very few times do I take this big macro bird's eye view of what's been done. And to me, it's never good enough. And, and there's always massive improvements to be made. And uh, we're at, I almost laugh at myself because I constantly say just the beginning, just the beginning. And I think, wow, I said just the beginning since the beginning. And uh, it really is just the beginning. And, and I can't wait to see what phase two looks like. I, I do feel that we're still in phase one um, and phase two will be uh, really explosive. Keep, I, keep that man. Cause that's yeah. called in, That's called innovation, brother. That's what that is. And that's, we do. I, I'm, I'm that way every day. You know, people say, yeah. how do you do it? Uh, how do you keep failing or, or how do you, you know, how do you have the energy to continue to press so hard? It's called innovation because <laughs> yeah. the day, the day you stop, you stop failing or the day you stop the push, that's the day you stop innovating. And that's the day you become stagnant from that point on. So, yeah, no, I agree. you know, keep pushing brother. You got a good thing going. <laughs> yeah when you believe in something you know it's easy i've always yeah. i've always loved work right i, I love yeah. work working i really enjoy working it's my solace it's my safe place but it's it's much easier when it it's your baby right and it's uh yeah. and and you have so many people that are dependent upon the success of your organization and it getting better um it really uh it, it really feels like a part of you if you could go back to just before you started getting offers to be a CEO for companies and, and such, knowing what you know now about everything that you're doing and where you're going, what would you actually say to yourself if you had a chance to run into yourself at that point in time and where you are now? Uh, it, it was probably the easier route. You know, I, I think there's a little <laughs> bit of me that would say, just chill. Uh, um, you know, it's, uh, I had a, I had a pretty on easy street and I I'd worked really hard in my career to get there and to make myself a leader. And, um, I think, uh, I think there, there's, if, if you're not completely dedicated, you shouldn't do it. Right. And, uh, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm almost obsessive and, and, and not in that way that I think, uh, um, you know, I, I work. I'll, I'll work days on end with no sleep, right? I'll, I'll sit at the desk for 48 hours. And uh, if I remember, if I remind myself to eat, I will. But you have to be uh, really, really kind of um, almost crazy. And wow. uh, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, in me that would say, hey, if, even if I could give a, most people advice, I tell them, hey, get equity, relax, work hard, work your way up. And, and uh, that's the advice I give out frequently to people. You know, don't change jobs, get that equity, make sure you harvest that equity. Um, and, uh, you know, I could have been sitting on five, $10 million and, and probably um, sailing around Hawaii or whatever I might be doing. But uh, I'm here grinding it out and, and I love what I do. And if I could go back and do it over again, I'd do the same, but I wouldn't necessarily suggest it to anyone else. I see what you're saying. (laughs) You know that this isn't the everyday. Everyone else should jump into this. (laughs) No, don't. It's not for everyone. (laughs) I don't even fear competition, really, because and I know you should, but I think uh, just knowing the trials and tribulations we've been through, knowing the struggles that have gotten us here, uh, anyone even that would start a competing company that's trying to do the same thing we are, it's a uh, you know, I'd almost have to say, you know, good luck. It's, it's going to be, <laughs> uh, it's not impossible, but it's, you got a long, long road ahead of you. 
That's like the equivalent of when Elon put out uh, the open source for the designs of his car. He's yeah. like, hey, man, like, good luck. It's it, designing the car is not the problem. <laughs> oh, yeah. I have, I've had people tell me that. Well, we could just start this. And I say, oh, that's great. <laughs> you know because it's not it's not even really in the it's a framework of what we built it's a kind of like what when walmart uh they, they they don't they don't rely on a really heavy training process right walmart is, is all about ease of use for their employees so you can plug and play an employee so simply because let's say if you want to buy if someone comes out to the checkout counter uh, and it's not necessarily this easy but this is really the idea behind it that you click the big bananas button you click five Right. Um, you, you don't you don't have to uh, go through this massive orientation and training process to learn how to work the register. And uh, that's really what we've tried to make for recruiters, where um, it's it's so simple to be a recruiter and, and the user process is so user friendly that anyone can do it. The main thing is, do you have the network, the personal or, or the, uh, the referrals and connections um, through your life where you can actually come here and monetize those? Um, and that's what we're tapping into because people really aren't in any capacity that I'm aware of monetizing those connections currently. Incredible, man. Just incredible. The implications of what you're building. Uh, just me, just knowing the number of people I've interviewed and knowing the things that are being built out there. This is an interesting one. Hands down. It's a bookmark. You know, some people, cool. there's Good. some people who bookmark everything and never go to their bookmarks on a web browser. I'm not <laughs> one of those people. All right. So I bookmark things intentionally. This is, this is bookmarked. Okay, uh, cool. with, the, with, with that said, uh, if, if everything else is equal, uh, Jason, I'd like to move on to the grand finale question, unless you've got some things you want to say. Yeah, let's do it. All right. The grand finale chat is, okay, uh, if you could have invited anybody to sit in on this conversation today, listen, contribute, any point in place and time in the world, right? Who would you have loved to have had here and why? Uh, okay. That's a, that's a toughie. Um, a lot of options. If I, if I had to pick one, well, I'm an avid reader. I read a lot. Um, and, uh, there's one book that I constantly go back to, uh, and that I probably, I don't like rereading books. Um, but there's one book I've probably read maybe 50 times and, uh, it's called Where are the Customer's Yachts. Um, I came from a stock background, a financial, uh, you know, stock trading background. And um, I really like the uh, macro view of the markets over time. It was uh, Fred Schwed was the writer. And I would love to pick his brain on, uh, you know, there's many, many others. But I think just going into that book, it's, it's quite a short book and, and reading it uh, and the comp- uh, how complex it is and uh i think how well thought out it is about just general investment advice and, and how to choose investments um i would love to, to discuss with him more um, how he looks at the market yeah I, I i'm surprised we didn't even get to that part of your life in the conversation earlier but it <laughs> informs a lot more of like why you would even have the courage to take a risk you you did you do analysis and things of that nature i can also see why you have the propensity or the capacity to sit at a desk for 48 hours and know it's not every day (laughs) but today it really does require that of me i'll sleep tomorrow that kind of thing and uh just a lot of valuable lessons man and uh, i'm actually really happy that hopefully after this we can all stay in each other's networks and see how this all pans out but a true and true story. Anyone who listened to this should walk away from it, either reinvigorated behind their own purpose on what they're doing in business, or if they haven't even started, 
Well, now they know the realities and they have to take yeah. a hard look at themselves and ask themselves, am I about it? Am I willing to do that or am I not? Or do I have it on easy street too? And I should stop complaining because not everything no, is going to be perfect. <laughs> and there's much, much easier businesses out there to start. You know, you don't have to, uh, it's hard, it's hard to be an innovator, you know, and I, I don't even necessarily consider myself an innovator, but you know, I think, um, anytime you're changing an industry in even a small way, um, it's, it's, uh, going to be much more difficult than, yeah. uh, taking that, uh, more basic approach or a more common approach. Right on. Well, I'll let Jason roll us out and we'll close out, man. Yeah. Cool. I would just say, so you got two types of people, right? You have groundbreakers and earth shakers, right? And you're doing something earth shaking, right? And uh, I, I always like to tell business owners, stop living on the safe edge and live more on the bleeding edge. Okay. okay. <laughs> so that's kind of where you are. You're on the bloody <laughs> edge a little bit, right? So too much, too but much. That's, but that's a good thing, though. If there aren't business owners like you, then we never innovate to the next thing. So we need that in our economy. And yeah. it's a great thing to have. And I applaud you for it. And, you know, keep driving forward with it for sure. All right, cool. Um, Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks for being here. I always say we all got the same 168 hours a week. And uh, you took a little bit of time to stop by here and drop some some value bombs on our audience. So uh, I'm sure uh, there was a lot to pull out of that. If not, go hit rewind and replay it. Because um, yeah, I, I so. caught a lot of good things out of there myself too. So thank you for being here and uh, look forward to watching your journey. All right. Thank you, guys. Yeah. Jason Phillips, it's been great. Philip, I'll meet you in Santa Monica here soon. I'm with we'll, it. We'll get out. Okay, cool. <laughs> All right. Cheers, Thanks, guys. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the War Room Roundtable with your hosts, Jason Miller and Philip Lanos. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates. And always remember, if you can dream it and believe it, then you can go achieve it. We'll see you in the next episode.